We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day. Three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Pack a Day Podcast. I'm Steve Perch, joined as always by Dusty Evely, Sarah Kelleher. How you guys doing? It's a crazy world out there today. Uh, how's everybody holding up? Dusty, what's going down in uh, in uh, Kentucky? Uh, you know, doing. Um, I'd say as well as can be expected. Little. Uh, a little stressed out, a little on edge, but uh, all things considered, you know, better than I have any reason to be, I think. Okay. Sarah, how are you doing up? Yeah, I'd say about the same. I mean, I think with a lot of the situation, um, it's hard for me to understand what other people feel right now, but I'm doing my best to um, support those that need it and stay as positive as I can and um, just, like I said, be there for the people that need it right now. Yeah, there's a kind of there's been a lot of discussions uh, between a lot of the hosts of Pack a Day podcast, and we kind of thought that even though it's crazy time right now, there's so much going on in our country, uh, in the world right now that takes our mind away from sports and the Packers and everything like that. What we wanted to do is bring you a little bit of of fun and brevity, and you know, give you a half hour of something to something else to think about. Um, the things that are happening are not going away anytime soon, and we they're they're so important, and we we need to talk about them obviously. But for right now, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the Packers. We're going to have a little bit of fun with you, and hopefully, we can um, you know just 
have a little bit of fun. So that's what kind of we wanted to do this week. We had a question um, actually from one of our listeners. It was Josh. It was at Radovich88. And uh, he loved our episode the other week about uh, the all-time Packers roster. So he wanted to know um, if we could do a Pro Bowl-type roster of the all-time great Packers. So that's kind of what we did. We came up with a with 22 Packers players that we thought would build the best roster. I mean, for right now, that's kind of what we're going with. Like, yeah, if we were yeah. building a team. You know, anybody, we can take them from anywhere in time, and they're in their prime, and that's where we get them. So, um What's going to happen is I'm going to kind of give you guys a heads up as to who we picked, and then um, Sarah and Dusty are going to break down some of the things that we thought about, and I'll throw in some comments here and there. And I'm sure Dusty will yell at me for something, but, mm-hmm. um, I mean, it's pretty much the way it goes. So mm-hmm. uh, We will start on the offensive side of the ball. I don't think we'll have any arguments here, but we all went with Aaron Rodgers as the number one quarterback of all time for the Green Bay Packers. Dusty? Any, any, like, I mean, I know it's obvious, but did you have any thoughts behind it? No, you know, it's, you talk about Packers quarterbacks, there's always, there's always the big three. You know, it's always, it's Rodgers, it's Favre, it's Lynn Dickey. Is there, <laughs> I kid. I kid. I kid. It's Bart Starr. So there's always those three. But... I thought it was the Mikowski. Come on. What the hell? <laughs> I wanted to go back a little bit further, Steve. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, to me, there's, there's no question. And I've, you know, I've said this a million times. I've been, I've followed his career more closely than I've followed the other guys as far as like just, just, you know, breaking down and kind of looking what he can do. But what he can do, what he processes, what he's able to do just from a physical standpoint, beyond a mental standpoint, it's, I, it's just I, I think he's just a level above those guys. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm full team Aaron Rodgers, QB one, uh, always and forever. Yeah, I mean, if you're listening right now, you can't see me do a literal mic drop um, motion, but I think that's pretty much it. Um, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, he, he's a man. We love him, and you guys said it all. I mean, nothing that anyone that's listening doesn't already know, and um, he he's a great going down is a great and yeah hope he finishes his career in Green Bay because I know there's questions about that right now and I would love to see him um, play all the way through and I mean Dusty and I both grew up watching uh, Brett Favre as well and I think the biggest thing for me when it came down to those two and for me it was the interceptions it Mm -hmm. was taking care of the ball it was that that's just Unbelievable, like you said, that his his ability to think and process and and know when when is not a good time to chuck the ball in between like two defenders and hopefully it gets through <laughs> because I can throw the ball as hard as anybody in the world. I think that's the uh, deciding factor for Rodgers. So um, that's I think something too. I just want to add is his I I can't remember if you already said it or not, but his ability to stay composed, especially in times that. Everyone else seems really stressed out. I know or when I'm watching on TV, I'm really stressed out. And he's just like, I got this. I mean, you could say relax, as he would say. <laughs> and he's just ready to go. So I think that composure is a big part of, of him as a player, too. When it comes to uh, roster building, what we decided to go with for our team was one running back and three wide receivers. So the argument was between Amon Green and Jim Taylor. We ended up picking Jim Taylor, um, you know, it's kind of hard to argue with 5,000-yard season, six-time All-Pro. Uh, Sarah, what were your thoughts on on picking him over Amon Green? Yeah, I think Jim Taylor is just 
when I think of, of running back for the Green Bay Packers, I think mean, he's just the first person that comes to mind. And I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago when Dusty and I did our all-position uh, group, mm-hmm. all-star team, and just how dominant he was every single year. So many, like, thousand-yard seasons, and he was just – I mean, he could just plow through the line sometimes. And that is the type of running back that, you know, Green Bay needs. We need somebody, especially in the winter when it's cold, to just be able to, you know, push through the line and get there and pick up the yards. And he was always someone that could do that. And obviously, you know, the only times I've seen him are on old highlights and on YouTube mm-hmm. that and finding things. But he was just so fun and exciting to watch. And, um just what a wonderful part of Packers history that he is. So uh, that was kind of my thought process is there is he's just the epitome of what it means to be a Packers running back. So that's why I had to pick him. Yeah. And I originally had him on green, but it was, it was definitely a toss up between the two. I mean, Jim Taylor, just looking at accomplishments, just looking at accomplishments for a lot of these guys, man, one time Super Bowl champ, four time NFL champ, hall of famer, one-time All-Pro, five-time Pro Bowler. I mean, like you said, Sarah, he's kind of on top of you just think of Taylor. Taylor's one of the first guys that comes to mind when you think of uh, Green Bay Packers and those classic teams. He was just an all-time great running back. Um, just the numbers he put up uh, in that era, in any era, I think was just incredible. So I, I, I was thinking Green uh, just because, you know, a little more modern. He did have a little more of that the receiving uh, game to him. But Taylor was also caught some balls on the backfield. This wasn't a big part of the game back then or as big a part of the game. So it's – it's <laughs> we talked about this before. There's – a couple weeks ago we said there's positions in Green Bay. That there's a legacy of guys that you could pick, you know, five to ten different guys at some positions and you're good. And other ones where, like, you have two. This is one of those you could pick any, any one of, like, three to four different guys and not oh, be yeah. wrong. Um, but, yeah, Jim Taylor – uh, zero problems with Jim Taylor there with what he could bring to this offense. Yeah, well, I mean, let's be honest. We didn't even touch uh, Paul Horning. Like, that, yeah. that wasn't even somebody that we even looked at. It was just, I mean, Amon Green's the all-time leading rusher, eighth, eighth, crazy, but he's eighth in receptions all time, um, which I was kind of shocked at seeing that. Hmm. But, um, yeah, so, but, yeah, Jim Taylor all-time. Wide receivers, let's go. Uh, we've got three. We've got Lofton, we've got Sharp, and we've got Hudson. So uh, there's a couple guys that were on the perimeter. Sarah will cover that in a little bit. But, Dusty, what are your initial thoughts on those three guys? Yeah, so, I mean, you know me. I like, you know, I like formations. You like talking about what you can do. And that's kind of, I think, Steve, you kind of mentioned it a little bit, but we were looking at building a roster. One of the things we're looking at is what you can do with that roster. How can you hurt people? And that's on both sides of the ball. And we get into that a little more on the defensive side. But now this was a big one. That's do we carry two running backs given that history, or do we go tight end heavy? And we went tight end heavy specifically just for this. Like you said, Hudson, Sterling Sharp, James Lofton. That's three guys, two of them in the Hall of Fame. And the Pro Football Hall of Fame, one would have been if not for a big injury. Uh, Hudson Hudson played with – this is insane to me. Hudson played in an era without a ton of passing and is still sits 11th all-time receiving touchdowns with 99. He's right behind Tim Brown and Steve Largent, tied at 10th, and just above Isaac Bruce. Just above Isaac Bruce, who is a big part of the greatest show on turf, and Don <laughs> Hudson is above him in total touchdowns. He had a season of – I think this was 12-game season – 1,200 yards – 1,200 receiving yards, 17 touchdowns for an insane 110 yards per game. He could absolutely fly. Now, he didn't run, he didn't run the 40. It's reported that he ran the 100-yard dash in 9.7 seconds. I think reported he would say that. I think at some point he actually did, like he ran that on a track meet or something. For the, for the record, now again, 9.7 seconds, 100-yard dash. 
the current record for the 100-yard dash is 9.58 seconds held by Usain Bolt. And Hudson ran it in 9.7. So Hudson was fast. Just Plus, all-time nickname. One of his nicknames, I just found this out, the Alabama Antelope. The Alabama Antelope. Because he, wow. he moved around so much at the top of routes, they didn't know which way he was going, then he would break at full speed. Uh, so you've got <laughs> you've, the, the Alabama Antelope. Uh, so you've got him. Outstanding. You've got Don Hudson running on Godly Fast. You've got James Lofton, who ran a, what, a 4.2940? Again, Hall of Fame in his nine years in Green Bay, close to 10,000 yards receiving. Just an insane career yards per reception of 8.2 yards and 49 touchdowns. So you've got these two speedsters, and then you've got Sterling Sharp, the slowest man of the group, at 4.440. Just an absolute beast of a human being. In his seven years in Green Bay, 8,000 yards, 65 touchdowns. He had over 1,000 yards each season after Favre took the helm with double-digit touchdowns in each year. That's, I mean, we've talked about this. Everyone talks about this. Sterling Sharp is one of the great what-ifs if he had stayed healthy. Led the the NFL in receptions three times. Mm -hmm. Like. Yeah, uh, just insane. Just an absolute monster. So that three-headed receiving group of Hudson, uh, Hudson Sharp, and Lofton, be, you know, in front of uh, Jim Taylor, it almost doesn't matter who else you pick. You're not stopping <laughs> that. You cannot stop that. Um, so, yeah, that's that's our receivers. Yeah, outstanding stuff. Sarah, do you have any nuggets to add on top of it? Yeah, I think something I just want to add is obviously those guys are fantastic and they absolutely deserve to be on the list. And um, we all know that from our conversation. But I think um, Devontae Adams is definitely, in, we can say, honorable mention in this conversation because I think he certainly has the skill set and he certainly has the potential to be on this list. And as he continues to build his legacy as a all-time great Green Bay Packer, I think he could easily end up on this list in a few years. So just want to make sure he was in the conversation as well because uh, he, he could just as easily be on that list one day too. Very true, very true. Uh, I think that was one of the big struggles too for all of us with coming up with this list is any of the current players, they don't have like the, the tenure, the um, the years that all the other players have when we were coming up with this list. So trying to get current players onto this list was very difficult. Um, but we're going to try to do it. Uh, Devontae Adams, honorable mention. Now we're going to move to the offensive line, and that's where we're going to try to throw in our first uh, current player. I started with Bakhtiari. Uh, Dusty was a little bit more on the Clifton side for left tackle. So, Dusty, why don't you tell me where you're, uh, where you're leaning after our whole conversation? Yeah, I mean, I'm still Clifton. I think we, you know, we all kind of agreed on these, and so I've, I, you know, zero issue with Bakhtiari. I don't, I don't want this. I don't want to turn this into a hot takey. Um, Dusty thinks David Bakhtiari is trash because I, I <laughs> do not. Um, I want to oh say, my God, that's totally going to be the title of this uh, episode. Yeah, Dusty thinks David Bakhtiari is hard trash. And you know, what? I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and I'm just going to do everyone a favor, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to take that sound bite myself. And just get that one soundbite out of context, and I'll set that to you know my face looking dumb or something. So no one else has to do that. I'll take I'll take care of that for you. Um, no, I mean, Bakhtiari is great. You know, starter since his rookie year. Uh, you know, has has just absolutely been a rock over the left side. The the one thing and the reason I was leaning Clifton, I think Clifton Bakhtiari, and I what I hope what I hope is not happening because he had a down year this past year. Um, uh, I, I hope it's not showing slippage in his play. Um, I don't think it was, I think he's dealing with an injury, uh, but Clifton, Clifton held it down over there. 
uh, for 12 years. Like, just an absolute yep. rock at the left side for 12 years. Bakhtiari has, what, been seven at this point? And if he's starting to show – that, I think that was the thing for me. If, if the, this was really maybe, like, starting the downslide after seven – and Clifton was still very solid at that point. Um, that was kind of the, that was kind of where I came from. But it, really, if you're choosing between Chad Clifton and David Bakhtiari to hold down the left side, uh, that's that's a pretty good duo yeah, of guys that we got. You no, can't you can't lose. lose. No. <laughs> that's I mean that's one of the fun parts too of this whole thing is like when you're arguing between a couple of players, like you're arguing between like Hall of Fame players and potentially future Hall of Fame players, and I mean it's. This is just fun because all we're talking about is like the best Packers of all time. So, mm-hmm. um, so we ended up going to Bakhtiari with the other tackle spot. It was a consensus right tackle for Greg. Mm-hmm. Um, just, I mean, one of the keys to Lombardi's years was having him on the right side, being able to do the Packers sweep. Um, Lombardi said he was the best player he's ever coached. That, I mean, mm-hmm. that's what uh, more can you say? That, that gets that awesome. gets that gets you the right tackle spot of yeah. all time. For sure. <laughs> uh, let's see. For guards, we went with I mean, pretty obvious stuff. Fuzzy Thurston, uh, Jerry Kramer. If you guys want to add some comments to that, I'm I'm open to it. But I mean, to me, those seem like just obvious obvious things. Like you've got yeah. guys that need to be in the Hall of Fame and all this kind of stuff. So. Yeah, Kramer's you know Kramer's in plus Kramer uh, has the instant replay book where if you've not read instant replay it's just tremendous. Uh, so that's yeah between uh, Greg and Kramer two Hall of Fames. Thurston should be in the Hall of Fame. And then mm-hmm. as you're talking about Lombardi sweep, there's no Lombardi sweep without Kramer and Thurston. So <laughs> it, without a doubt that's the guard tandem. Like I don't think any of us question that. No. And then we went right into the center for them as well mm-hmm. uh, and took Ringo for that spot. I mean, again, like there's just there hasn't been another center that that would be able to top him. I don't think. I couldn't. I couldn't find anything, and I know you guys couldn't either. I so. think Frank Winters was a center. I really like Frank Winters. Um, he was he was my number two. Old bag of donuts. Old bag of donuts for the nickname <laughs> of nothing else. Uh, I think Frank Winters uh, honorary mention for me at the center spot, but it seemed like Ringo kind of head and shoulders above that. Yeah. All right. So that's uh, that's the offensive side of the ball. We went Rogers Taylor. Lofton, Sharp, Hudson, Bakhtiari, Thurston, Ringo, Kramer, Forrest Gregg. Oh, and then tight end, we went Paul. Everybody went Paul Kaufman as well. So here's the crazy thing about Paul Kaufman to me. You know, Paul Kaufman played an era, and he didn't, you know, they, they didn't do much. So he's not really the forgotten man, but those teams didn't do a whole lot. We, we talk about, you know, modern. We talk about Finley and what could have been with Finley if he had stayed healthy because he was such a huge weapon. So if we're looking at um, per-game averages in their time in Green Bay – Finley averaged uh, 636 yards a uh, season and 4.6 touchdowns. Uh, Kaufman, 656 yards and 6.1 touchdowns. More yards, more touchdowns on average in their time in Green Bay. And then if you look at best seasons, Finley's best season was 2011, where he had 767 yards and 8 touchdowns. 767, 8 touchdowns. That's really good for a tight end. Paul Kaufman's best season was in 1983, where he had 814 yards and 11 touchdowns. So Kaufman was better by 47 yards and three touchdowns in best season. Like with the way we, the way we talk about Finley and I do think Finley was more dynamic, but the way we talk about Finley and what he brought to the offense, Kaufman statistically was better than that. So I remember correctly too. I think Finley had, if it was 2011, I think it was Finley having three touchdowns in one game too. Against Chicago. Chicago. That was a Chicago game. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's even a little more slighted. So, uh, yeah, so Kaufman was our overall winner for tight end as well. 
and that switches us over to the defense. And um, the way we kind of ran it was a little bit different. Like if we were going to pick a defense today that we're going to go, we ended up going with three defensive linemen, two linebackers, three cornerbacks, and three safeties. So we will start breaking this down and start with the defensive linemen. I mean, we all know who number one is going to be. I'm going to take Reggie White every day. It's not even uh, a question. Every day. Um, And then, I mean, do you guys have anything to comment on that? I mean, it's it's, uh, to me, the only comment I wrote for Reggie White was, come on. Like, that's it. That's all there is to it. I said I wrote, Reggie. I wrote he's the man next next to my comments. Like okay. what that that I'm really glad that we're all on the same page that we didn't have any detailed notes and it was just like, come on, really? I had <laughs> I had two numbers. I had he's still he's the number two uh number two in sacks behind Bruce Smith. And the closest active player to him now, he has Reggie White retired with hundred ninety eight sacks. Closest active player to him now is Terrell Suggs with one thirty nine. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. I think wow. Von Miller's got 106, and again, Reggie White's at 198. So uh, he was pretty yeah. good. He's pretty He's good. All right. yeah. He's, He's all right. He's all right. He's all right. Uh, for the other defensive end, we all said Willie Davis would be the way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, just all-around outstanding player. Um, Sarah, does you got anything to add to those to that one? I found a few uh, fun stats um, about him, and um, one was that he didn't miss a single game in his career. Yeah. So let's wow. talk about that. I okay. mean, that's insane. On, on your defense, on your line like that, having someone that's there their entire career that never missed a game, I mean, and that plays at the level that he does, That I mean, that's incredible. Um, and obviously, I think that was just the perfect position for someone with his skill set. He recovered 21 fumbles, which is still the team record. And although sacks weren't an official statistic during his career, um, I was reading online that you know some statisticians believe he had over 100 in his career and would have averaged in the teens every single year of his career. So that I mean, that's just unreal. And like numbers like that, it's kind of like when we talk about Jim Taylor. It's just like mm-hmm. the numbers do all of the talking. When you see that, and he never missed a game, he recovered more fumbles than anyone else on the team. Um, he he was going to have sacks in the teens each year, and I mean that's just incredible. He was in five consecutive Pro Bowls, uh, 1960s All Decade Team, Pro Football Hall of Fame, and number one in his ranking for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So again, all his allocate all. Allocates. I cannot speak. Sorry. Oh, there we go. Allocates. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the allocates. I know that one. <laughs> what is going on? Um, but I mean, like I said, the numbers speak for themselves, and everything that he's, or everything that he received was absolutely earned because he was just a hell of a player. And the the one thing I'll add to that, I did see uh, and take take with large grains of salt because information that came from Paul Horning and Willie Davis himself, they estimated that in one season he had twenty five sacks. They both swear to this fact, and, and the, you know the current single season record is Strahan with twenty two and a half. So, if both of those men uh, both played like for the 20, Packers, it's more like twenty one and a half, and and Favre gave them the, the still extra counts. one, but. still counts, Steve. Yes, uh, yeah. So I think like anywhere if they say twenty five sacks, even if that's not true, it's a fun story. So, uh, so then we went to defensive tackle, and we this was one of the ones that we kind of argued about a little bit, just kind of hemmed and hawed because the consensus right away was Gilbert Brown because just a, a man among boys, like he had a triple whopper named after him. I mean, that's special enough to get you on the all-time Packer list. But 
then we started kind of battering around the idea of Kenny Clark because Gilbert Brown had all the defensive guys around him, uh, had Mr. Reggie White doing some stuff for him. And if Kenny Clark had those guys, like it was kind of the question, what would Kenny Clark be doing? So it's one of those things where we were very curious of, we've got the guy who's been with the team, had been for the team over 10 years and Gilbert Brown was a run stuffer, did the Super Bowl run, like just an all around amazing defensive tackle. What is Kenny Clark going to be? That's kind of where we ended it. So, Dusty, what are you, what are your thoughts on the defensive tackle spot? Yeah, I go I go Gilbert Brown uh, just because you know part of it, like you said, it's he was there longer. Kenny Clark Kenny Clark is still kind of assuming his final form. It is a really fun thought experiment to see like okay if instead of you replace like Dean Lowry with Reggie White or something and Tyler Lancaster with Willie Davis, what does Kenny Clark look like and what do those numbers look like? And the answer is it would look amazing. But I'm I'm going. I'm going Gravedigger partially because of the nickname and partially oh, sure. because I've never seen a man that big. He had the visor and everything too, which was just an amazing look. Uh, but a man that big kind of moved the way he did the the ability to the ability to kind of drop back in coverage. I've seen him cover the flat against running backs for a man that size is just insane. So I think I, I think Gravedigger just because we saw him do it. Uh, but give Kenny Clark another couple of years and a little more help on that defensive line, and that could that could easily change for me. Sarah, anything to add? I don't think so. I mean, I, I, we kind of covered it all. What? We kind of covered it all, I think. Yeah, I mean, you did. And I think with uh, Kenny Clark in that conversation, it's kind of the same thing with Devontae Adams. Um, he has the potential to be on this list. If we talk again in a few years, he very well might be on it. So that's all I really have to add. All right, so for this, we went three defensive linemen. We went two linebackers. I don't think it's very hard to figure out who we went. Uh, middle linebacker, we took Ray Nitschke, and then the other linebacker spot, we took Clay Matthews. Um, so we'll start with Ray Nitschke. I mean, Packers haven't added inside linebackers. <laughs> I, I don't even know if I need to go into this. Like, I feel like every time, somehow every episode, it just comes back to inside linebacker, and I just... I start whining and complaining, and you guys start laughing about it. So. I wish, though, that everyone could see your face because there's <laughs> literally just – when I know, like, even if we didn't plan out our topics before our episode. I'll I find a way. Know, I'll find a way. I would yeah. know when we were talking about inside linebackers and outside <laughs> linebackers if nobody even told me just by Steve's facial expression because when we get to this topic, everything changes. I'm perplexed. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Dusty, why don't you tell me why Ray Nitschke was freaking awesome? Well, yeah, okay, so first of all, again, in talking about uh, kind of the roster construction that we're looking at here, we kind of went through, I think, I know I originally had three linebackers. Sarah, I think you had three as well. Um, but the thought process here, and we're going to get into it in a little bit, is to keep us a little bit flexible on the defensive side. If we are looking at this in terms of, of producing a roster today with these best players, how do we make it? How do we make it dominant and also a little flexible? And so the thought is, if we have those three defensive linemen up front, you know, we've got Reggie White, Willie Davis, Gilbert Brown, or Kenny Clark eating up all the blocks up front, the linebackers behind don't matter a ton. They do matter, but they don't matter a ton because you're going to have those gaps to run through. You've got those three just insane guys tying up the line. And so then, you know, who do you need on the back end? So then you've got Ray Nitschke, who's just, you know, two-time Super Bowl champ, five-time NFL champ, two-time All-Pro, one-time Pro Bowl. 
uh, which is one of the few times I'm looking at this I've ever seen someone get more All Pro nods than Pro Bowl nods. I thought that was that was very interesting with him, and of course the Hall of Fame. Big dude, 6'3", 235, just a fierce tackler that could also defend sideline to sideline. Like, he's a guy, I think, you know, a lot of these guys, you talk about older eras and you don't know how they, how would they adjust to today's game and you're not really sure. Nitschke, I believe, would still be an absolute force. And Nitschke behind that defensive line would be an absolute force. You've got those three guys up front, uh, you know, just, just eating up the offensive tackles. And then Nitschke coming unblocked, screaming through the hole just sounds terrifying to me. So, Yeah. <laughs> Ray Nitschke, all-time Packer, man. He's a legend. When you, I mean, whether you're at Lambeau or you're watching the game on TV and there's a crowd shot of during a Packers game, there's still people that have his jersey. There's oh. still people that wear his jersey to the games actively today. And, mm-hmm. I mean, that speaks volumes. And, Dusty, I know you talked a little bit about it already, but, I mean, he recovered 23 fumbles, 25 interceptions after 15 seasons, and just it speaks for itself again. The guys that we're talking about today – this is obviously not the first time you've ever heard about them. Most likely, you're a Packers <laughs> hopefully. fan. Hopefully, hope not. Yeah, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully. If not, look them up right now on YouTube. Pause this episode and look them up right now. But it's just really awesome to see guys like this come in and out of Green Bay, and hopefully for all of our sake and for Steve's um, sake, mostly Steve's. another another one in our future. I don't think so. It's not going to happen. They don't care. They don't care. No, Kirsty. Kirsty's gonna be. It's he's gone. gonna be the man. He's <laughs> so sad. He's so sad. <laughs> you can't even think that one day he's he's given up entirely. Mm-hmm. That's right. Pretty much. Pretty much. No, Kirsty's gonna be the man. It's gonna be. That's what. This is uh, the reclamation project. He's gonna be the one. But uh, for the other outside, the other linebacker we took was Clay Matthews, and I I, I think. The best part about Clay Matthews for this type of defense that we're building is, again, like what Dusty said, you can throw him on the outside. He can play inside. Like, he can blitz. He can go back in coverage. I mean, if you remember Pete Clay Matthews, man, that dude was all over the field. Mm-hmm. He was he was forcing fumbles, picking them up, running them back for touchdowns. Like, I was at that Dallas game that he – I think he picked the ball off and ran it back all the way to the end zone uh, for that, that – uh, Monday Night Football game and like oh my god that was that was just outstanding. He had the was it Adrian Peterson? He ripped the ball out of his hands mid carry and took it back for a touchdown. Like mm-hmm. one of my all time favorite moments of his. So yeah, I mean between the two of those guys, like with that defensive line that we've already built, like that's just that's just outstanding. Like that's gonna be that's gonna be that front five, and that's kind of why we wanted to do that. And then we've got the flexibility to go three cornerback and three safety and move everybody around. So, Sarah, I don't know if you've got anything else you want to add to Clay. Dusty, if you want to add anything to Clay. I mean, on top of, you know, all-time Packer sack leader, he also has uh, just an the iconic it is time force fumble in the Super Bowl. So, on top of the absolutely the roster construction, uh, yeah, there's it's it's hard to keep this guy out of the conversation. And his hair. His and his hair. Beautiful flowing hair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I forget about that. The Gatorade bottle into the hair and then flipping it back. And yeah, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. All right, so let's move on. We'll take the secondary on. So we've got three cornerbacks. We have Herb Adderley. We've got Charles Woodson and Craig Newsom. Now, I know the team um, that that had a podcast on Tuesday wouldn't apparently not agree with this, which uh, – Apparently we should have a mod Carroll in here. I'm not really understanding this, but uh, I was unfortunately I was not able to listen to yesterday's episode, and 
Dusty kind of filled me in. So I'm I'm a little shocked that they would have cut was it cut Craig Newsom or bench Craig? Newsom? Uh, cut. Oh, they had they had three different people. Uh, at least one of them cut Craig Newsom. Yeah. Jeez. Oh. And then they called Dusty an old man. Which listen, not wrong. Fair. Not like, incorrect. That's an statement. Just because Dusty's old doesn't mean Craig Newsom should be cut. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Oh my god. Um, all right, Sarah, why don't you give me some breakdowns of, of uh, uh, some of the cornerback group and why you liked what uh, the guys we picked. Yeah, so with uh, Herb Adderley a little bit, something that I always think is really interesting about him as a player is that he was originally on offense. And um, kind of digging into um, him, I found some really interesting things that Lombardi said about him. So I'm just going to share a few. So Lombardi said, I was too stubborn to switch him to – switch him over to defense until I had to. Now when I think of what he means to our defense, it scares me to think how of how I almost mishandled him. So I thought that was really interesting. Um, he recorded 39 interceptions in his ninth season with the Packers. He holds Green Bay record for interceptions returned for touchdowns in his career, which is which is seven, or he did, and then it was seven, which was later broken by Charles Woodson, and he holds the record for interceptions returned for a touchdown in one season, which was three in 1965. So again, when you have numbers that back up your performance and Lombardi is praising you, you got to make the all-time list. Yeah, I got nothing more to add to that. I mean, I really... Tremendous. I, I, I want to go to bat hard for Craig Newsom. I want to go bat real hard for Craig yeah, Newsom. Yeah, we'll that all for you, guys. Uh, thank you, Sarah. Uh, Newsom, I mean, one of my all-time favorite Packers. Uh, and I think part of the reason he doesn't get the love or, or or people don't really know about him the way they know about some of these other guys is because he really only played, what I think, four years in Green Bay. He played five years in the league, four years in Green Bay. Uh, he had a broken back injury that that kind of took him out and just ended his career early. But during his four years in Green Bay, and the stats, like if you just look on their face, the stats aren't amazing. But lockdown corner, his time in Green Bay, uh, game changer, especially in the playoffs. So he had his four years in Green Bay, he had four interceptions. He also had four interceptions across seven playoff games, including a pick six in the game against the Niners in 95. So Newsom to me, was was one of those, another like Sterling Sharp, just a what if. He was a lockdown guy on the outside, real fluid, fast, like just tremendous athlete, tremendous cover corner. Uh, I think... I think if he if without that injury, I think if he stays a little healthy, uh, I think he's he's remembered a lot more fondly than he currently is. Uh, but I think again, if you're looking at if you're looking at the roster, at the defensive line, you've got Danichki and and Clay Matthews. It almost doesn't matter who you have on the back end, but you you need a guy like that. You want you want a you know two lockdown corners, I think, and you got Adderley and Newsom kind of allow you to do that. And then you know the third, I guess the third is is Charles Woodson. Which if you've got the if you've got the two lockdown guys right, dude, Charles Woodson in the slot, man, that's outstanding. It's Charles Woodson in the slot. It's Charles Woodson doing this kind of want him to be. yeah. It's his Joker role in the Capers defense, right? It's mm-hmm. just wreak havoc from somewhere. His football IQ is so high, he just does whatever you want him to do. So, uh, yeah, Steve, I don't know, you do you want to talk about Woodson for a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I think the only other thing I wanted to add, too, was on Herb Adderley was when I was doing my research on him, the one thing I saw that popped up multiple times, you know, everybody said shut down cornerback, and the only one thing that popped out to me was somebody somebody had said he was Deion Sanders before Deion Sanders. Like yeah. that that level of yeah. of shut down cornerback, like a seven-time All-Pro. And the, the other thing I like, too, is if we're building this ultimate roster of – he was he was outstanding at kickoff returns. 
um, one of the best in Packers all time history. So, you know, that gives you that aspect as well. If you, if you didn't like him for the fact that he's a shutdown cornerback, you also get the <laughs> kickoff returns as well for him. But with Charles Woodson, man, I mean, what, what, what more can you say? Like he trans, he was able to transform that defense. Like he was that, like Dusty just said, that Joker role of, he he did everything in the world that you needed him to do. He would blitz, he would pick off passes, he would defend like defend the run. He did everything you wanted, and then when you were done with him at cornerback, you're like, hey, why don't you move to safety and be awesome at that? Okay, I'll do that too. Um, so I mean, he was just he was everything to that Packers defense for like seven, six, seven years, and. Um, when you look at all-time cornerbacks for the Packers, that was that was it. Like he was one of the best of all time. So I don't think we had any disagreement on any of the cornerbacks for there. And then what we wanted to do um, for the safeties, we we took three, and we took Willie Wood, we took Leroy Butler, and we took Nick Collins. So the way that we had built this defense was, you know, very strong up front on the defensive line. We got two linebackers. And when we get Willie Wood, we get Leroy Butler, we got guys that can move up into the box, that can play the run, uh, that can kind of play that hybrid linebacker role, and then you've got Nick Collins that's in the free safety spot. So everybody was kind of really happy the way this this whole team broke down. Dusty, I know um, you love safety play, so why don't you kind of give us a few breakdowns. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned it, Steve. I mean, it's, we looked at this from a roster construction standpoint and how can you do this and how can you be flexible and what can you do with these guys. And so, like you said, the three linemen, two linebackers, three corners, that safety, those that third safety uh, gives us a chance to move that guy down the box, give Leroy Butler or Willie Wood as that kind of um, – that, that third linebacker, that kind of hybrid guy, if you need him, which they could kind of do. And also, I mean, I know Leroy Butler, <laughs> Leroy Butler blitzing off the edge. I mean, Leroy Butler as a pass rusher, as, as just a disruptor at the line, was just tremendous. So if you're looking at being able to rotate guys around while still having an all-world guy manning the back end of the defense with insane speed like Nick Collins, you can rotate. You know, you can you can go too high with, uh, you know, Leroy Butler, Nick Collins, or Willie Wood kind of back there as the other guy. And you also have a hybrid linebacker down at the road, down at the line with either Willie Wood or Leroy Butler as well as that strong guy at the line. So it's it gives us, um, as a team, as our team, as this team we have built, uh, it has gives, given us a tremendous amount of flexibility. Um, so, yeah, that the third safety, I'm a big – that was Steve's idea was the third safety. We were carrying – I had carrying four <laughs> corners, but that third safety, that it unlocks a lot of stuff for us. You know, I have a good feeling about our team this year. The pain you say that. That was my idea, didn't it? I almost didn't. I almost took credit, I almost took credit for it, but you're looking at me. We're a team, Steve. We built this team together. That's right. That's right. You're just one man, Steve. Don't take credit for it. This isn't about you. <laughs> Obviously. Yes. <laughs> All right, Sarah, why don't you say whatever stupid comments you have to say about the safeties? I mean, Dusty covered it a lot. I mean, I think Willie Wood is a guy that I, I wish people kind of paid a little more attention to. Um, he's definitely someone um, that is a playmaker, and I think – like Jesse said, with the flexibility that our position groups allow in this super team that we have created, he would be a tremendous asset. I mean, he's eight Pro Bowls in 12 years, uh, 48 career picks, 48 career picks. That is just insane. <laughs> I want it on our team. Um, 16 fumble recoveries. I mean, that's awesome. And that's the type of energy that you want 
in your safeties and being able to move him around and it's just tremendous. I, I wish that this super team was real. I really, really <laughs> <laughs> uh, the reason I wanted Willie Wood on the team, the best quote I have ever seen about him was, I believe it was from Lombardi where he said the only person on the team that Ray Nitschke would be afraid of is Willie Wood. <laughs> and once I once I read that, I was like, yep, yep, that, that dude needs to be on the team for sure. <laughs> um, I've never seen that. Yeah, yeah, I thought that one was pretty cool. Um, and again, like we talked, Nick Collins, like career cut short, but man, he was the free safety of all free safeties, like roaming the back end, like that, that interception in the Super Bowl in 2010 was outstanding, mm-hmm. taking it back for a touchdown. And the Roy Butler somehow, somehow is still not in the Hall of Fame, which I'm, none of us quite understand. Um, but like he's, he's just one of those guys, like that, his game still would translate to today's game. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. So, I think we uh, we're, we're we're pretty happy. We we've uh, recapped the offense with the defense. We've got Reggie White, Gilbert Brown, Willie Davis, Clay Matthews, Ray Nitschke, Herb Adderley, Charles Woodson, Craig Newsom, Willie Wood, Leroy Butler, and Nick Collins. So that wraps up the uh, the twenty two best Packers for our uh, roster construction. And uh, of course, being myself, a uh, big old nerd that I am. I ended up with uh, with kickers. I know you guys weren't a uh, big fan of this, but whatever. I don't care. Uh, I went with Ryan Longwell and Craig Hendrick. So those were the uh, best all-time kicker and punter for the Packers. Did you have any thoughts? Seriously. This is what – okay, cool. This is what we're doing. Outstanding. Outstanding. The whole thing, we built it all together, but I don't know. I can't put a kicker upon a screw, you guys. All right, whatever. Fine. Closing thoughts. Dusty, tell me about your stupid article. That you wrote. <laughs> uh, I've got um, – I took a break yesterday from the Good Morning articles, uh, but they're back today. Uh, so this morning, and I had been doing Aaron Rodgers' throw. I decided to mix it up, threw in another iconic play today, and it was breaking down – uh, the B.J. Raji pick six in the 2010 NFC Ooh. Championship game, and talking a bit about um, about the zone blitz, uh, just the nature of the zone blitz, I guess, and, and the birth of it a little bit. So that'll be up today over Packer Report. Um, that's Sounds this stupid. morning. It's not great. Um, and then, and then at noon over at Cheesehead TV, you'll be able to see. I'm still going through my breakdown of 2019. I'm up to week 17, so it's the Lions game. Uh, you know. Kind of some ugly stuff there from from an actual execution standpoint, but some fun plays, uh, some some really good kind of big stuff that hit late, including the late touchdown of Lazard where he went up and got those cookies. So that's a that's a fun one over at Cheesehead today. Um, that's my uh, went up and got those cookies. Yeah, that's right. That's correct, Steve. That's correct. Is that, Is like, that a, like you made that up, or have you heard that? You know, uh, honest to God, I feel like, like second banana. Like I've never, <laughs> I've never heard of that I before. I feel like they said that after the game. I feel like someone said it went up and got the cookies after the game, and if they didn't, then I said it. <laughs> and I do not recall where it came from. What type of cookie did you go get, Dusty? It's chocolate chips, dude. It's cl- something. What's it's something. It's What's classic. Uh, Classic and delicious. Pipe down. Not an Oreo. Okay, I see how it is. Wow. You're really just screwed with me today. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. All right. Um, Anything else from you? That's all I got. I've been ridiculed enough. (laughs) What? How have you been (laughs) ridiculed? Screw off. Sarah, what do you have? Um, Yeah, I don't have any articles to promote or anything right now because it's obviously still the off season and. 
I don't write unless it's during the season. So, um, but I know that Steve addressed this a little more at the beginning of the episode that there's just a lot going on in our in the United States in the country that um, the three of us live in. And so, um, as a young person that lives in the U.S., like I, I really just hope that our generation, in collaboration with older generations, can really build this more inclusive nation and environment where um, everyone is treated equally and people are treated fairly. And I hope that we can do that. Um, What I can't do is understand what um, some of you that may be listening to this or other people of color in this country are feeling. Um, And that's just, it's it's really hard. And um, I can't even begin to understand how you feel, but I want you to know that I'm there for you, I hear you, and I'm I'm with you um, as best as I can be. And I know a lot of you listening are there and standing up and speaking out too. So um, just please keep that conversation going. If you have been having those hard conversations in your home, if you've been vocal on social media, um, keep that going. Keep lifting each other up when you can lift voices up and stay safe out there because it's, it's really – a crazy world right now and um, we need to look out for each other and be there for each other. Very well said. I don't honestly, I was trying to come up with something good to say, but I, I honestly don't think I could say anything better than that. So agreed. Um, we'll leave it at that. Again, as always, stay safe, stay healthy. As we always say, our DMs are always open. If you want to talk football, if you need to talk life, whatever it is, at Dusty Evely, at Sarah Kelher, for at Steve Perhatch. Um, we will gladly talk to you about anything anything in the world that you need to talk about. So reach out if you need to. Um, stay safe. Stay healthy. We will talk to you next week. And as always, Go Pack Go! world-class athlete or a podcaster like me we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance that's why i'm excited that unified healing is sponsoring this podcast unified healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by energy enhancement system or ee system if you haven't heard of the ee system you'll want to listen up this technology promotes wellness deep relaxation purification and rejuvenation at hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health care provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new health care regimen, including EE system.